And welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of the Sports Infusion. I am Thomas Murphy. I am the lone host today. Pam shall not be joining us. And Brad is still somewhere on a raft in the Gulf of Mexico. We're not quite sure. But, you know, we send our hopes and prayers. And I know, Katie, if you're listening, give me a call. <laughs> we're, we're, I, not we, I am happy to have the Concord Monitor's bright shining star, that Dave Brown, you know him on Twitter as, uh, joining us today for a little uh, Patriots talk, a little Antonio Brown talk, and some NFL uh, news and notes and all that kind of happy freaking fun stuff that we're doing. Dave, how you doing? Doing well. How you doing? I'm great. I woke up and um, I got inundated by Murph. What What are you going to do? What What am, What do you mean? What am I going to do? What What What? I'm going to stop cheering for the Patriots because they signed Antonio Brown. Um, that kind of rhetoric. And then I had to fix a vacuum cleaner. And now I'm here talking to you. So things are looking up, man. Things are looking up. Um, you are in Foxborough today. You you were at at Bill's press conference. How did that go for you personally? Quickly. It was it was almost over before it started. Um, yeah, for me personally, it was just trying to keep up with um, some of the key things that he said, tweeting them out, and then uh, following along as, as a couple of reporters who I think people I I just don't recognize, but I think that they're national reporters from Mm -hmm. people who don't regularly cover the team uh, asked a lot of questions and got very typical bill type answers. Uh, He said Miami about 400 times. And then when it became clear that there were no questions about the Dolphins, um, he ended the press conference. So all, all of this was pretty much expected. It's Antonio Brown has become in the last week, the most talked about athlete on earth. And then last night I uh, had this lawsuit filed against him, which only magnifies everything. So that's where we are with Antonio Brown. Everybody's interested. And it, it's something that as long as he's a part of this team is going to be something that the Patriots are going to have to deal with. Right. Uh, to, to quote Bill, we've looked into the situation and we're taking it very seriously. Um, after that, he he said that you know he expects Brown at practice today, and he has no comment as to whether or not he is going to play this weekend. Now you can read that as as in two different ways to see, see how well he picks anything up, and um, he's going to fit into the plans this weekend. And the other is we're we're sitting back and we're waiting to see what the league's going to do if they're going to put him on the exempt list or if he's going to stay eligible and active, um, how did you take it? That's how I took it. Right. Well, I was kind of surprised. Bill, um, when somebody asked him if he was going to practice today, I was surprised that Bill gave a a very direct and informative answer on that thing, that he would practice. It's difficult for Bill there to say we'll have the um, practice report out, you know, when it's available. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, I think um, as to as he plays, I mean, I, I think they're going to want to. I mean, if history is any 
as any guide. They got Josh Gordon out there pretty quickly, and and the thing is, it's what you said. They got they got to see how much he picks up in practice, and you know, I I think I mean this is this is everybody needs to take a breath. I think just a little bit on this situation, and yep. it's it's a big thing. We shouldn't minimize that he's been accused no. of something pretty serious. Um, and it's 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 the kind of thing where if he did what he's been accused of, then he deserves a pretty significant punishment by the league. It's bigger mm-hmm. than football. It's, it's um, you know, it's it, what he's been accused of is outside the bounds of normal society. It's not okay. Um, right. On the other hand, you know, we're at a very uh, early stage of, of this uh, of these claims against Antonio Brown and I think you know a lot of people keep pointing to the distinction between criminal case and a civil case now this is a civil case he's being sued he's not been charged with a crime right and people are, are sort of taking that to minimize the veracity of the claim now uh, for those of you who don't know I am an attorney and so I, I have a kind of a a little different uh, look at this. I'm looking at this like a lawyer. And what, what I see here is, okay, does that make it more or less credible? And you know what? I don't think that it does because there are, no, there I are agree. a lot of, yeah, there are a lot of times where people who are um, victims of crimes don't go to the police. I'll, I'll tell you, I once got mugged uh, in New Bedford. I was held up at an ATM and I did not want to go to the police. It was, it was embarrassing. It was it was very upsetting. It was like, um, you know, I don't want to live in this moment anymore. It was just mm-hmm. really sucked, and I wanted to move past it and get right on with it. And a friend of mine, who had who had to be there, was very gung ho about calling the police. That's the only reason we did. But um, and they actually caught the guy. It's crazy. But oh, that's yeah, it worked out. And 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 he had also mugged someone else. So that made me feel a lot better about going forward. Is that that uh, you know? Okay, maybe you stop the future. Yeah. Right, right. That this was somebody who that that some kind of intervention into his behavior needed to happen. But but anyway, the the point is that I know firsthand. It it just going to the police just makes it feel like this situation is going to be in your life longer than you want it. To yep. Be. So so that to me is not doesn't. Although although it is in a civil case in a civil case everybody's name is out in the open in a yeah, criminal case right. that the in a case like this that the the victim's well, name would be um you could I don't know what the laws of Florida but you could file as a Jane Doe in the famous case Roe versus Wade Roe was an alien right so you don't necessarily have to use your name but she did the 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 accuser here did use her name now okay. But here's, but here's why the distinction between civil and criminal is really important at this junction. When a, when a person is charged with a crime, like Aaron Hernandez, when Aaron Hernandez was charged with murder, mm-hmm. um, at that point, the police have done an investigation. They have gathered evidence, and they believe, the state believes that it has enough evidence, okay, to convince a jury beyond a reasonable doubt that the person that, that they've charged has committed the crime. And 
sometimes you have to go through an indictment process to prove to a grand jury that you have that evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to go or to a show cause hearing to prove a judge that you have the evidence to continue a case. Here, we're at a very different stage. No evidence has been gathered. What, what you have right now is akin to somebody going to the police and saying, something happened to me. Nothing has been investigated yet. It's merely just a claim. Now, within um, a certain amount of time, like, I don't, know what the, I don't know exactly what Florida procedure is, but I would guess within 20 days, Antonio Brown has to file an answer in federal court, okay, to, mm-hmm. to the claim that was filed against him. He is saying he's going to file a countersuit which means he will have his own allegations, that he has his own evidence, and there's a lot here to sort out. One thing that comes to mind for me is, um, is Randy Moss. You remember that Randy Moss was accused of um, injuring a woman in, at the end of the 2007 season. Do you remember that? Yep, I do. He, I do. He, 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 yeah, I, um, she was a... Uh, a, I don't want to say a traffic officer. Uh, uh, a uh... no, no, no. This is different. This is different. Oh, that, this is different than that. that. Okay. Was, this is different. He was accused of basically injuring a woman that he was, I think, romantically involved with, and he said that he was being extorted. And I believe, and and he was very very. Okay. Alan. He was, um, you know, it, it turned out there was some, some truth to what he's saying, and I think she was actually charged by police with uh, giving a false report or something along those lines. So in, in that situation, it was the playoffs. Uh, everybody took a breath, and, you know, when the facts came out, they, they tended to support Randy Moss more than his accuser. Mm-hmm. And so right now I think, I think everybody wants to make snap judgments about things, and certainly, if evidence comes out that backs up this accuser's story, then, uh, you know, I, then I think we have to react appropriately. Right. And, and there have been some, some, if you want to call damning emails, that have been published since then um, that, that, kind of back up a story that, that something was going on, and Rosenhaus came out in his statement and said that there was a consensual sexual relationship between these two. So it, it's, the, the the wheels are turning in, in you know, in a direction and, and keeping the train on, on the rails right now, wouldn't you think? Yeah, and, and by the way, I keep saying the accuser, and her name is out there, and she's chosen to be public about it. Her name is Brittany Taylor, and I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to just keep calling her the accuser and take away right. there's, a, there's a person behind this. You know, she deserves it is a human being, and Yep, she deserves that, yeah. and so does he and everyone right. else involved. And it, it, it's, see, what what gives me pause is, is, it's like when you brought up with Randy Moss. When I, I immediately thought of Derek Coleman, um, the the Duke kids. Uh, it, you want to believe anybody that that comes out and makes these kinds of statements, but you in this day and age, 
you really have to to wonder or or it brings to to the forefront those former cases that went on where the allegations were not true. Sure, so certainly. I, and twenty and, and twenty where they were true. I mean Darren right. Yep. There you it. go. And um you know, th- what you have to do is and this is this is a tough thing. You have to look at every situation as its own situation. And all the facts mm-hmm. are it's it's just like what Bill says about football every week, right? It's it only matters for this game and the, and the the facts are only matter to this case, and so w- what we are the, the difficult part in all of this is that we are at a fact deficit. We have only seen that there is an accusation, and uh, the emails that that were actually they were put in the lawsuit, even those emails, and they came from Antonio Brown to Brittany Taylor. They they offer Brown sides. Of, of the story as well. Like, he does admit certain conduct, but if you read those emails, and, and you know, I, I think this was one of those things where another difference between a civil case and a criminal case is that Antonio Brown would have to testify at some point. He would have to sit for a deposition if this thing moves on. And maybe he can explain uh, those emails because uh, some people have had a little trouble understanding them, understandably, because uh, Antonio's talking in his own voice to another person. He's not really trying to communicate to a mass audience there, but they're mm-hmm. a little difficult to understand. But what I got out of it was he is accusing Brittany Taylor in those emails of trying to, he keeps referring to a come up, uh, you know, trying to exploit this situation to make money, money and implicates, right, for money and implicates her mother, which I thought was very interesting because these predate, um, these emails predate the alleged incident where she's saying that he uh, forcibly had sex with her without consent, where she's, where she's accusing him of rape. Oh, so, okay. See, the, you, you call in your lawyer, folks, and you get these little tidbits. The, the, I did not realize that. And if I'm, now, if I'm looking at it from her side, so I'm, I'm a lawyer, I'll just argue all the side. If I'm, a, if, if I'm looking at it from her side, she has some pretty good evidence, too. Those emails do admit to the conduct that she accuses him of in yep. that part of the lawsuit. Uh, the, the second, what she called the second incident of, of sexual assault. Uh, and if you want further details, I'm not going to get into it here, but you can go and read what she accused him of. Right. Thank you very much, and, family show. <laughs> and um, <laughs> from her perspective, she told two people that this had happened at the time that it happened, which is very helpful because people always say, well, you know, why didn't you go to police or – and, and one of the reasons they say that is because the police make a record and, and there's um, the evidence they can gather and there are things they can do. But the next best thing is having had told someone right after it happened because now it, it, um, it, it doesn't appear that you're making it up you know, two years later. That you, that you told somebody immediately after this happened and they can judge your present set impression. And, and those people can become, one was her mother and one was, uh, I believe it was her mother. It might have been a friend and just the details of me. The other was uh, Antonio Brown's chef, okay? So if she can get those people to testify, that could be very good for her. Okay. And if she can't, it's not going to look good for her. Um, I just want to well, reiterate. I mean, 
it becomes more of a he said, she said. So the less, right. the less supporting evidence you have, the, the tougher it becomes for a jury to sort out who's telling the truth. And, and then it can just come down to who's more credible right. in testimony. And that's so tough because it is. it's guilt, gotta be guilty people. Guilty people can be talented liars. Right. And they often are Aaron Hernandez. Have, right. Both of these people are accusing the other person of, of some wrongdoing. So maybe, you know, it's possible that one or both of these people are guilty. Somehow. Um, but we'll, again, we're at a fact deficit. And it's very premature to make any judgment. And fortunately for us, the NFL has Roger Goodell as commissioner. And as we know, he does everything even-handedly by gathering all the right information. <laughs> and not in any way does he ever react to the mob mentality and just simply suspend someone for no reason. I can't, right. I can't remember Roger Goodell ever doing that. No, or, 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 or ignoring it and, um, or ignoring good reasons. Um, we, that's just the way it is. Is Do you think that the Patriots right now, with what Bill said today about Antonio, he, him expecting him to practice, is he waiting for um, Roger Dodger to, to make a call as to whether or not he is going to allow him to play? Is, yeah. he, trying to, is he trying to take in saying that, no, we're suspending you? You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's something you can wait for. It, you know, it, it might just. So, I, so here's one thing that we know. Brittany Taylor, as it happens, is getting married, uh, which is uh, just a mind-blowing amount of stress for Brittany Taylor to file a lawsuit on Tuesday and get married the same week. Um, if I if I could think of two maximum stress level events in your life, one of them would be filing a lawsuit. Another yep. one would be getting married. There you uh, go. She is, she is scheduled. I'd put childbirth over over all of that, but you know, it's Why your not list. That go in ahead. Two, right? Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I'm not. Those aren't one and two. I'm just saying they're up there. Whatever, okay. However you rank them: childbirth, buy a house. You know. Yeah. Ch- yeah. Childbirth, buy a house, get married, uh, file a lawsuit. These are all up at the top. Yep. So now. She's so she's not available to speak with the NFL until next week. I can't imagine the NFL putting someone on the exempt list without, or, I can, or in this case, I can't imagine them putting Antonio Brown on the exempt list before they speak with her, especially if they're planning to. Mm-hmm. So I and think that been... would happen. Um. Yeah. So. So I don't know that they're necessarily waiting to see what Goodell would do. I, I think Goodell's going to do what Goodell's going to do. And I, I listen. Here's what I think: If I were in the in the NFL, I would be. I, I would simply. Um, be advising Goodell to wait until. Um, they've gathered more facts in this case. Okay. So, because there's a, there's a huge discovery process, and you know, again, if somebody's charged, this with this crime, could take this could take violence. years. This could literally yeah, yeah, take sure. years. Oh, and yeah, if yeah. if the if the NFL suspends and puts him on the exempt list now at the get go, he could be sitting there for you know 
the the remainder of the prime of his career. Okay, we, we, we all know we all know what a wide receiver, you know, who's not allowed to play for an extended period of well, at least you know, Giants fans do. Um, know what it's like to have an elite wide receiver not be able right. to play ball for a couple of years, right? Right. Sure. But but on the other hand, you know, Josh Gordon um, has played very little football, and and when he has played, he's looked good every time he come back. So true. That's true. But but oh. but Antonio Brown's thirty one. But he wasn't. He wasn't Plexico's age, and he wasn't sitting in a prison cell yeah. for you know for True. however okay. long it was. I'm just saying. Right, Gordon seems to be working out nonstop. Right. <laughs> uh, he but, just traded one addiction as, for another. York plates are an addiction. Believe me, I know it. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and um, yeah, we've seen people do that. But as far as you know, Antonio. Um, well, as far as the exempt list goes, I mean, Kareem Hunt has been just gone. Yeah. For, since what, like November of last year, and mm-hmm. and what he now they had done a they had done a whole investigation on Kareem Hunt, decided not to punish him, and then moved forward after a pretty damning piece of evidence came out that showed him, you know, kicking a woman in a hallway. Yep. With with um, Ezekiel Elliott, they again did a pretty thorough investigation, and it was the witness's testimony to the NFL—not the witness, but the—and I don't know his um, his accuser's name—but that testimony went a long way in the NFL decision. So, yep. you know. We're gonna have we're gonna have to see what. Um, I, I, here's what I think, though. I think that the NFL is gonna need some piece of evidence to justify that. that I think they're gonna need more than this. These emails. Right. I think you know, they're going they... to need because. And I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, with Tyreek Hill. They had the tapes, and he said some pretty bad stuff on those tapes, but it wasn't enough for the NFL to suspend him. Mm-hmm. If uh, I don't even think that what Antonio Brown has said in these emails equates to what Tyreek Hill did on those tapes. No. So, so it's you know, yeah. So, I, so that smoking gun that. Um, led to the Ray Rice decision that led to the uh, Josh Brown, mm-hmm. uh, the former Giants kicker. being Now, that was a case where they put him on the exempt list and he never came back. And remember, they gave Josh Brown one game and then and then the diaries came out. And he's never played since. Um, but there was your smoking gun, the smoking gun of Ray Rice, the smoking gun of Kareem Hunt. So... Uh, you wonder if now the Ezekiel case I thought was a little bit weak and had some contestable portions. So, you know, the problem is again the thing with Goodell. This is where a lack of transparency and consistency in the process leaves us with no concept of what the NFL is going to do. And I think 
that the best way to read Goodell is to read the headlines and see how bad this news looks for Antonio Brown. I'll tell you one thing. NFL fans are not going to be upset if the Patriots lose who is ostensibly their number one receiver. Right. There will be no tears shed. They they were already up in arms and, and screaming that this was a fix getting him here to begin with in the first place. Um, nobody nobody on the planet outside of New England is going to shed a tear if Antonio Brown is not allowed to suit up for the Patriots. And um, right. it, it, quite quite honestly, you know, I, I as somebody who didn't want him here in the first place, it, it's it's not. It's not something that that really has me shaken up. If he doesn't, you know, it, this is a person that you know whether or not he did this or not was somebody that I felt was a detriment to any team that he was on when he's not on the field. He was probably a detriment at times when he was on the field. Um, how do you feel about that? Yeah, after after what we saw from the Patriots the other night, was was this a move that was even need to be made? Well, I, uh, somebody um, on Twitter the other day I thought put it pretty well uh, in response to some national reporter who said, looking at the Patriots, do they even need Antonio Brown? Do they, do they even need an elite receiver? And someone said, no, but when they're giving them away, you take them. Like, right. You know, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Yep. So I think the Patriots could be better with Antonio Brown. Just to keep them uh, away from the Jets. But they certainly, but well, and that's but that's one good argument for signing him is that if he's yep. kicking around the league, you know, what what if you know Tyree kills hurt? What if what if Antonio Brown shows up in Kansas City, you know, or or mm. or if he winds up uh, on some other contender, or if the Rams or something like you, you know, right. you've got him now, so you're controlling his destiny. There's some value there you in go. that. Now, how does do you know how this if he is put on the exempt list? how long the Patriots will, will hold his rights? Is it just for this calendar year? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think it stops the contract from tolling. So I, I think that, well, I mean, obviously they would release him after the season. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's, I, think, I, think, I think this year would run because supposedly he would get paid and – Next year, they would release him and not eat that $20 million option year. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that's a down-the-road kind of question. But, um, okay. but I don't know. I Well, I don't know for sure, but I think because Josh Gordon, his contract turned over. He was on the exemplar. And his contract turned over, and he that's why they, they picked up his $2 million tender. Okay. So I think it would be similar to that. All right. Well, few questions answered and and more put in the hopper with with all of this stuff that's going on. Um, let, let's 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 move on. Let's talk some NFL. Um, what did you think of your Giants come week one? All the all the focus on Eli and and Daniel Jones and you know. It looks like everybody forgot over the over the course of the the preseason that the Giants have no defense. Uh, what do you say to that? <laughs> yeah, they have a lot. They have a lot of rookies on defense, and to be honest, I haven't 
I, I only watched the beginning of that game. I haven't really gone through it yet because so much has been happening with um, with Antonio Brown and um, and, and all right. I'm the sorry. NFL, that's okay. The NFL threw me, you know, unfortunately threw me a curveball because the Patriots game started at eight twenty, and I was heading down to Foxborough during the Giants game. So I watched the beginning of the Giants game, and then next thing I knew it was twenty one seven. Um. Which is yeah, you know, they started the Giants were up seven nothing and they were down twenty one seven before I could blink. Right. So so, you know, they have a lot of rookies on defense. And last year all of the heat was on the offense and how terrible they looked and it it all came together over time and I think it's gonna be the case with these rookies on defense too. So, you know, I I can't I just cannot believe anything I see in week one of the NFL. I mean, as good as the Patriots were, you could sit there and look at them and go, boy, there are things they have to tighten up, okay? There are things that they can do better. And then you could also look at it and go, there were things that, that they, they, they were able to exploit because Pittsburgh just doesn't have their act together yet. Um, the Josh Gordon touchdown came on a play where the safety blitz and no one in cover Josh Gordon. No right. Nobody. And that is – that is not supposed to happen, okay? No. That is, that is a mistake that they're going to sit. The, the, the Steelers will sit down and work out in practice this week. Why is it that when we blitz the safety, no one is picking up Josh Gordon? Um, so, so everything is going to morph and things will develop. And like I said, beginning of last year, everyone was saying that the Giants were the worst offense ever. And in the, in the last half of the season, they were actually a top 10 offense. Yeah, uh, at least in terms of at least in terms of scoring. So, scoring. So, you know, I'm not I, I I'm not ready to bury them yet, but I don't think you really should bury anyone. Not even the Miami Dolphins after Week One this year. No, no, no. It's Week One. I'm not ready to bury the Giants, and I'm not ready to canonize the 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 Cowboys either. Um, right. Keep keep forgetting. You know, this is this is Week One, and and we have no idea what's happening with with anybody at this point yet in time the, the teams the two, that you see go ahead but you have a good memory Murph. how how did the 2003 patriots do it week one? Oh, they lost they they, 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 lost. they got smoked they it was like it was 30, disgusting my head hurts yeah that's like 31 to 3 yeah yeah it, it, it was they, vicious they, they beat buffalo 31 to 3 late in the season so mm-hmm. you know uh, there's a lot of ebb and flow. A lot of things change, and and that's one argument, by the way, when people are like, uh, "Do they need Antonio Brown?" Well, they don't know if they need Antonio Brown yet. They just True. don't. Well, like I said yesterday, they they last week they added a question mark to a a larger group of question marks because we there there's absolutely nobody has any idea what is happening with with this this group of offensive players with this group of wide receivers the most i don't know reliable wide receiver that you have right now is is philip dorsett after that you have you have injuries you have possible suspension people and you know it's a mess so no i can see your point there right i mean i guess if you want to look at edelman's injury and say he's less reliable for that well, I, I just mean, I just mean he, he's he's been injured in the past. He has the he has the thumb injury, oh. hand injury right now, and and he's not twenty six years old anymore. 
every time and, every time uh, that man yeah. gets hit, I cringe. Well, and I think I think any time you have an opportunity to add talent to your roster, you add it because uh, there is attrition in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, we're seeing it on the offensive line. As much as they did to go out and try, they drafted two linemen. Both got yep. hurt. Both got uh, hurt. They went out and they they traded for a couple of. They went out. And they got Dan Skipper. That didn't work out. They went out and they got. Um, Bodine, that didn't work out. So, you know, today they signed uh, Marshall Newhouse. Um, you know, you really you really have to prepare for it and, and deal with all, this, with all this attrition, and guys are just going to get hurt. Last year, last year when they, they, trade, they traded during the draft for Trent Brown, everyone said, you just drafted a tackle. What are you doing? And um, lo and behold, that tackle got hurt. Isaiah win, so they had to to push Brown into service. It turned out he had a great year. Yep. So that's what you do is you just you know you just try to add as much talent as possible because at some point you're probably going to need it. You're definitely going to need it. Um, how how shocked were you? I mean, we didn't hear Rex Burkhead's name much at all except for being on a roster bubble. What what did you think of uh, the Rex's usage last week? Um, and and it just goes to you know show that that depth really helps because. You know, he, there's another guy that that spends a, an inordinate amount of time in a in a tub. Yeah, well, what they what they try to do is, you know, they try to put together these these skill groups that are Swiss Army knife, and you know, you got your Swiss Army knife, you never use the corkscrew until you need to open a bottle of wine, right? Yep. But when you need I to said, open that bottle I said of wine, the same thing just, yesterday on Patriot's Place. <laughs> there you go. Right? Like, yeah, I didn't even hear that. But right. Like, no, I, no, you don't listen through. to my shows. No, I know. I, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm running around all over the place. but Yeah, I know. Um, You're a busy guy. Was, Wife, toddler, you know. I was busy you know? dealing, with my own, dealing with my own podcast that you didn't listen to. But... Mm. Um, did you listen? Did you listen to the, this week? I, I I haven't listened to this week's. I've listened, ah, I've listened to all the ah, others, but I have not listened to this week's yet. There we are. The the tide has turned. But now, what I had a point. It was about about a, a bottle of wine. Once when when you have that corkscrew and you have that bottle of wine, you're pretty glad that there was yep. a corkscrew on that Swiss Army knife because otherwise you're sitting there and you're not drunk. Okay. No. So. That, you're sitting there hitting. That. You're sitting there hitting that thing with a rock and trying to open up the top of it and figure out how and not then, to. And then you, you know, just have. Yeah. Then you're licking wine off the ground, right. cutting your mouth with glass. Yep. Disaster. So, so that's what they have. Rex Burkhead, and and um, you saw it in the uh, the documentary last week, the Do Your Job, where multiple times they were able to use Burkhead to get the personnel matchups that they wanted. From right. the other side, because Burkhead is not the best running. He's not the best, you know, ball carrier they have. He's not the no. best receiver. Receiving they have, back, but he right. can right, right. Not the best receiver out of the backfield. James White is, but you know what? He can do both of those things credibly, and they can they can um, send him out wide or into the slot, and Rex Burkhead can can help them draw matchups that they want, and so. What we saw was they came out, they tried to do some of their power running game. Pittsburgh was here to stop the power running game. 
so they made adjustments and they just went at it another way. And that mm-hmm. way involved a lot of Rex Burkhead and less Sony Michelle. I know, and and I, I tweeted out during the game. Of course, you didn't see it, but you know, could we get Michelle into a a run out into a pattern? I mean, at all, I, just just to mix things up, just to keep people guessing, and that didn't happen at all. And we've heard all all spring long, all summer long, that that was going to be a bigger part of the um of the offense this year. So I was a little surprised at that. It was was you know. Kind of one-dimensional when Sony was on the on the field. I would imagine that at some point a day will come when uh, Sony catches like you know eighteen passes or something, and <laughs> before that we'll never we'll not we'll just all have decided that he's never going to catch one. So right, you know. But as soon but as long as as long as he's out there and, and people are putting twelve men in the box. And Tom can go out and pick people apart. Then you know, job done. Right, and I mean, how effective is their play action when teams are there to stop that power run game? I mean, yeah, you know, it's I amazing. Mean, they say it doesn't. Numbers show it doesn't matter how effective your run game is. It's it's how it's just how well you sell that run play but action. I'll tell you, yep. it, and it's. Yeah, and it's not okay. So it's not necessarily that Sony's a good running back, but they the numbers show that they're not throwing the ball to him. So right. you're immediately help just him being on the field helps to sell the idea that the Patriots are going to run. I think last year, like eighty percent of the time he was on the field, they ran it. Right. And then they had extremely good efficiency when they passed out of play action when Sony was on the field. Yeah, it was it was it was well over seventy percent, and it, it was it was fantastic, and and it, it worked out this week as well. And anytime you can embarrass the Steelers, it's okay in my book. And um, I just I, I'm I'll never like Mike Tomlin. I never will. I never will. It, it's he he's the um the opposite of doing less with more, and um, he he's at the at the peak of you know. Of, of that in the NFL in the coaching hierarchy, he's just he's just terrible. He's a terrible head coach. And he has he has no business, and the the Rooneys are just you know like awful, awful people because they will not fire this man and give their fans uh, a decent head coach. He, he rode coattails to get here. Uh, he rode coattails to his first um, and only Super Bowl victory, and he's been doing that and thumping his chest the entire way since then. And people keep talking about how easy this, you know, schedule is for the Patriots. It, you know, it, it's oh god, it's painful. Slip it on the other side. How, how, what did you think of the defensive effort by the Patriots this week? Um, and uh, is this? People are incarnating this as the the greatest Patriots defense of all time. Uh, now, my my point being is that last year before the Super Bowl, nobody was saying this at all, and it's ninety seven percent of the same freaking team that that went to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, what is everybody suddenly seeing that we didn't see in Week sixteen or fifteen or twelve last last season? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, they was... added Jamie Collins, and that's it. That's it. They 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 brought in. Jawan Bentley mm-hmm. back. Yep. You get Jawan Bentley back. Um, yeah, Jawan Williams. 
who wasn't active and um well you know, yeah, Chase Winovich uh, was in there for a few plays. Chase and... Winovich, right. They had Chase Winovich. Um yeah, I mean I I think I mean I don't know how to I thought the defense was good last year too. So I did. I'm not I mean the secondary just got so good so great. I think Shalik Calhoun also a, a really interesting. I, I he got the most snaps on on the front seven, and I think that might have had something to do with uh, Van Noy not being there. Yeah. But but I think that was a nice add, and we didn't see a lot of him in training camp. And it even surprised some people that he was healthy enough to make the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I think I do think that they're better in the front seven. Um, you know, you take away, you take away, take away Flowers and. Spray flowers. You bring in Michael Bennett. Um, yep. Rivers but, goes down and, and, and right. Uh, you know why is I think I think that when you look at what's different about this group is that first of all the few guys that they did add were good ads, mm-hmm. and I think that players like J.C. Jackson, uh, some of the younger players there have an extra Another, year experience. Right. And so, and, and I mean, Winovich just looks like. Um, yeah, he looks like he, he could cost a few GMs their job because they passed on him. Yeah, he he has uh, he's not there yet in terms of being like uh, a top guy, mm-hmm. but he's already a contributor. He was playing well. I mean, he's doing yeah. his job, and so talking shit family show <laughs> he was man he was jacking back and forth with with you know all pro offensive linemen because whether you like it or not the the, the Steelers have a, a great front line and this front seven did not give them anything yeah so you know and I think I, I mean Jamie Collins coming back It certainly ups the – it's a guy people can point to and say, oh, they added this big playmaker on defense. But here's the thing. They didn't just get Jamie Collins back. They got a version of Jamie Collins who, like, is buying in. Yeah. Who who can they already got, buy the home and the car that he wants now because, you know, Cleveland's got to be Cleveland. And now he comes back and he's buying into this system – and it's not necessarily that next paycheck because he got paid. He's looked he's looked really good throughout. He doesn't look like he's trying to force things. He doesn't look like he's trying to do too much. Right. And if they can have that Jamie Collins, that's that's a huge guy that gets like three million dollars. So, you know, um, people. But but I think that obviously the turning point is people saw what happened in the Super Bowl and now they believe it. Whereas the year before right. it was. When they gave up, when they gave up forty-one points to the Eagles, everyone was like, "Oh, this defense is going to be terrible," because that last game just stuck with everybody for so long. Right. Good point, man. Great point. What are you looking for this week? What are your keys for the Patriots this week? Don't say show up. <laughs> it well, is Miami, Miami, people. You know, it's, gonna it's, be God, I hate that swamp. You know, they got a nineteen-point. Uh, spread there, 19-point favorite. I, Unbelievable. I, I did a lot of research on, on their results on grass last year. And I'll tell you what. I, yep. 
I, my conclusion walking away from that was do not bet on the Patriots to cover when they play on, play on grass. grass or, or anything natural grass or, or warm weather grasses. Okay. Okay. Kentucky bluegrass. There's Kentucky bluegrass, which is what, mm-hmm. what like they play in Pittsburgh. And you know what? The Patriots play a lot better when they play on that kind of grass than they do when they play on warm weather grass. Like for, like um, Miami has a new kind of hybrid that's not really Bermuda, and we're getting literally mm-hmm. into the weeds here. Yep. But um, but uh, you know then but then Miami was so bad last week. It was just so bad. They're so, just future. I don't know. I I think. Um, but the, the one thing I look at with this game is if they play Antonio Brown, um, what are they going to do with him? And I, I think it's one of those things where if they can get a healthy lead, they could try out some things and put some stuff on tape and, you know, work something to build on and work off of so as they integrate uh, Brown into the offense. Yeah, it, it's a little difficult at this at this point in time to judge how they're going to attack them on offense. And um, I just this defense is just so daunting in the back end. I I can't see them, the the Dolphins coming out and trying to sling the ball with uh, with um, Harvard graduate under center. Were you surprised that that he was given the nod here? I was not because I did not think that they they wanted to put Junior out there behind this offensive line. Yeah, I agree. Josh with that. Rosen. I think that makes sense. I think that I think that what they're dealing with and what they're trying to do. What I'm all for giving uh, your quarterback time to develop and, and get him out on the field. But in this mm-hmm. situation, when you trade you trade Laramie Tunsil away before the season starts, I mean, you yeah. Know, look, I think that they're waving the white flag and. Uh, you have to be careful with that because sometimes it looks like a team is waving the white flag and then they, and they win six games in a row or something. But, yeah. But I, I think that their plan – look, they, they moved a lot of talent off this roster. They're stripping it down, and they're trying to build it back up, which is a perfectly reasonable rebuilding strategy. And then if you're, you know, if you're rebuilding, um, you know, I, I can understand I, – I also don't know if Rosen is ready. Well, I Ready still say that he was the best quarterback in that draft, and he was probably the best quarterback in this draft. And I would, I would, you know, extend him before I did any. I, I just, I agree with you. I don't know if he's ready. I don't know if he's ready to to handle the kind of offensive scheme that Flo wants to put in there because you know it's going to be deep and dark and mysterious, and you're going to have to do a lot of. Um, Tom Brady esque type reading at the at the line of scrimmage, and I don't know if anybody's ready for that. Never mind Josh Rosen, but um, I think if they do what they're doing now with how you you described it and in, in tearing things down and building it back up, it is the right thing to do. If they end up with the first pick in the draft, I hope they don't go after a quarterback, and I hope they trade out of it and and get a, a ton of picks for the you know the fans of the Dolphins, so they can actually start doing things like that. Do you agree? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's really the smart way to do it. And, um, you know, we'll see. And I think it, it also buys a guy like Flores another year. Um, yeah. Where everybody kind of knows what you're doing. And, and gosh, I mean, I would, I would, I would advise all of these teams to have some patience and try to build something. 
you know, yeah. Arizona, Arizona went coaching quarterback and then scrapped everything. To so, go coaching quarterback like you, again. Yeah. You know, it, it okay. you know, it, it made, it made no sense. It, it was, it was stupid. And I don't care people if you, if you, well, look what he did. No, he's still, he's still only the best second baseman in the NFL and no more than that. Okay. That's, that's what they have down there. It, they got lucky that they won that game. Uh, Patricia just, you know, like his, his little crew just spit up got, all over themselves. Hold on. Hold on. They got lucky that they tied that game. Yeah. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Thank you very much. But, you know, just, just to put a bow on this one, bud, um, it, it's been one hell of a uh, past 10 days here in Patriots Nation, and it's definitely not going to uh, get any easier for the fans of Patriots Nation. But I really don't see everything that's going on right now. Uh, I, I don't see it sinking the Patriots luxury liner, do you? And any, you know, it's just, you know, another day. The thing that, that pisses me off most about all of this is, and Keel Harry is on the, uh, is on the disabled list. Is on the, is on the injured list. <laughs> yeah. And he could be playing. And, um, and they traded to Mary Thomas right before the news broke. That didn't uh, bother me. That's, that doesn't bother me at all. That was, and that was a good move. They, they reclaimed, I think, the cat space there. Uh, yeah, you know, things eventually will calm down one way or another. And as far as sinking the ship goes, I mean, there's one guy who knows where the icebergs are and uh, how to turn yep. away from them. It's the guy that's been coaching this team for the last 20 or so years. So, you know, that's it. I think I'll figure it out. That's it. I don't see a Titanic uh, situation whatsoever. We're not playing slow well, that's what, here. That's what, they, that's what the Titanic said. They, they didn't I mean. see it coming either. No, they didn't see it unsinkable. coming either. It was literally unsinkable. It was literally unsinkable. All that right, buddy. I want to. I want to thank you for taking the time. I know you're there and you're working, and you've got uh, a deadline to meet. I appreciate you coming in, folks. I'm going to be right back with my uh, with with my power rankings for the week. Uh, unless you want to stick around and, and hear those, Dave. Uh. No, you can say no. Okay. All right, go ahead. Do them. Do them. Okay. Are you doing, are you doing, wait, are you doing, wait, are you doing all 30? All 30 uh, no, I was just going to do a top 10. I'm not going to go through all yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. Do it. All right, at number one, I, care. I honestly okay. don't care if you think that it, that the Jaguars are better than the Dolphins. I'll just say that right now, okay? I'm not your right. I'll do, let's okay. do a top 10. Right, we'll do a top 10. I got New England at 1-0. On the top of the list, we're just going to start right there. At number two, I'm going to shock a few people. I got the New Orleans Saints, who uh, kept marching with a thrilling w- victory last weekend. And, uh, you know, go Saints. They, they deserve it. I'd really love to see that Super Bowl happen. Number three is Kansas City. Number four, I've got, don't, you know, the dreaded tell, Dallas. What? Don't tell Don't tell Chiefs fans about this. They'll, get, they'll be in your mentions on Twitter. Yeah, I know. Just, I know. They, but, they're but, super entitled. Chiefs fans have become super entitled on the basis of having won nothing. They lost a coin toss, and they think they won the Super Bowl. Like, that's where they're at. Exactly. Exactly. 
You know, there, there was, there's, you know, the the only reason that they aren't Super Bowl champions and and that Patrick Mahomes isn't in the in the Hall of Fame right now, I, I think he might be. I think they they snuck him, you know, a picture of him or something in there somewhere into the hall is because of that coin toss. Ah, oh, painful. Chiefs fans are painful. Uh, number four, I've got the dreaded Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, Jimmy's just, you know, he's just writing the checks down there and, and we'll see what happens. This is not going to happen all season long, folks. It's, it's really not. But right now I've got them at number four At number five, I've got the LA Rams. Um, at number six, I have the LA chargers. There's a surprise for you. I got the, uh, the chargers in there, you know, uh, Melvin Gordon, wake up. They, it's, it's really, it's not, you know, wake up. Okay. Number six, number seven, I've got Seattle. Uh, the Seahawks just look scary, you know, just slamming the ball up into the frickin' in, into the front line, playing old school football, smash mouth football. We love it here in New England. Um, number eight, I've got the Ravens. Uh, let, let's see what happens when they start playing real football teams, folks. Okay, before we the boy um, Lamar start. Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. He sucks. He's fucking. He sucks. Oh, number nine, I've got the Eagles, the Eagles, okay, there we go, some more people for me to piss off, and number 10, I've got the Green Bay Packers, uh, Packers went into Soldier Field, yes, they, their offense looked like shit, that's not going to happen all we, all season long, but they did pull one out in Chicago against a very, very good uh, Bears defense, and after that, it's all downhill, and you can figure it out for yourselves. You know, you could throw Minnesota or Tennessee in there if you want, but I, I'm not going to do it. You could do, you know, you could slip Houston in there in in, in the top ten somewhere, but nah, I'm not ready to do that yet. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think, Dave? Pretty solid uh, power ranking for week one. Yeah, I'm on board. All right. Well, I, I want to thank you for. Have... No, like go ahead. Seattle. I think I like Seattle. I don't know that I'm as big on the Cowboys, but you know. All right. We'll see how it goes. There you go. Um, when do me a favor, but I want to thank you for being here with us. I want to thank everybody over at Press Coverage for carrying us. Why don't you tell everybody before they go where they can read you, where they can follow you on social media? And I'm telling you, folks, this is the best subscription that I have. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for my work, it's on the Patriots blog at the Concord Monitor. You can follow me on Twitter at that Dave Brown, and uh, the podcast that Murph listened to this week is called Entitled Town. You can find us on Twitter at Entitled Town. We just had yep. uh, Jeff Howell was on, and uh, yeah, and Murph missed out, so that's yeah, what we're that. That's great. That's why I'm not listening, because Jeff Howe was on, and he turned me down last week. No, I'm just kidding. Jeff never says no. <laughs> Jeff, you know what we did was we got Chatham. He really is. We got Chatham, my, my... To, get, we got Chatham to get Howe. So oh, you did? That's how we, yes. Okay. We did he, level, did so. he forced him, he grabbed him, and brought him over to the phone and said, talk. I mean, listen, uh, Jeff, can Jeff say no to Matt Chatham? No. Matt's no. huge. Come on. Matt's yeah, humongous. And I'm 11 he's, feet tall and green. Good. And I, and I look up at Matt. I got a God, man. He's he's just he's just a massive individual. And the only thing bigger than on Matt is his brain, because you know that's why I call him the professor. Um, I appreciate you coming on, bud. It's always a good time uh, going off the rails here with you. And um, and I will I will listen to it later on during the week. I've got a thing where I where I don't like to 
take too much in before I write my keys to Patriots victory. Yeah. This is a real tough one. So, you know, because people creep into you. I, I'm exactly the same way. Like, I, like I avoid a lot of yep. uh, a lot of media because I just don't. I just want to think my. I just want to think things through. Exactly. And get my own. Get my own perspective out there. So don't want to. Yeah. Know, don't want to. Don't want to mess up the um, the thought process with somebody else's thought process. And, and I think exactly. we're both on the same page like that. So, folks, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with another exciting episode until then i am thomas murphy he is that dave brown and uh i want to we want to thank you guys for uh for stopping by and and putting up with us